Since the beginning of the church, persecution has been part of the Christian experience. In fact, the Bible tells us that all who seek to live a godly life will be persecuted. Today, an estimated 360 million Christians are living under severe religious restriction. On this podcast, we share their stories. And we answer the question, how can American Christians live as Christ in an increasingly hostile culture? The way of the persecuted is the harder way. And this is the Harder Way podcast. Well, hello, Hardaway listeners. I'm still Scott. And I'm still Maddie, and welcome back to the Hardaway Podcast. I feel welcome. <laughs> glad, glad, glad to hear it. Well, we're on our 34th uh, podcast. Oh, very exciting. I know. 34 episodes. What are we talking about today? Well, I want to talk about something interesting, and I want, I want y'all to stay with me here, because when you first hear the topic, some of you might be inclined to turn it off, So, but just, just stay with me. <laughs> We're actually going to be talking about artificial intelligence or AI and what that means for our faith, our relationship with scripture, ministry, and all that kind of good stuff. And artificial intelligence as a topic is something that's really important right now just because it's everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. Um, But it's something that we've kind of avoided speaking on because, to be honest, AI freaks me out. <laughs> I know I've got to get into the faith over fear mindset on this, you guys. But artificial intelligence, just, it just gives me the creeps. I don't I don't love it. Um, but there's been so many different things that I've heard lately um, in kind of the Christian sphere about AI that have led me to believe that I think it's really important for us to talk about it on the podcast today. You know, you see people who are talking about uh, chat GPT writing sermons right okay, so chat gpt is the ai yes yeah i should clarify that for those who may not know so the chat gpt is an is an artificial intelligence where you can basically go in and ask it to look up information or ask it to write things right and so people will say uh you know write a sermon you know somebody might say okay write a sermon from a presbyterian perspective on romans 9 or write a, you know, write a sermon with some jokes in it about, you know, the Sermon on the Mount from or a charismatic the, perspective. In or the, Yeah, in the, in the charismatic perspective, and we'll make it really interesting, in the voice of Charles Spurgeon with the theology of John MacArthur. <laughs> My brain right now. <clears throat> right? For anybody that knows anything about theology, uh, theologians or ministers or anything your head's probably spinning I just, too I, yeah i just i just asked chat gpt what's the smell of the color nine <laughs> that's, that's what i just did but but it would come up with something right and you so, wouldn't say i can't do it and so that's that's the thing is we're seeing people now kind of looking looking to chat gpt and other artificial intelligences to write sermons for them and so it's kind of that question of yikes that's not a good thing because you know, the pastors then being deceptive, right? Claiming something as their own that's not their own. And then also they're not interpreting the scripture with with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. They're asking a soulless machine to synthesize information okay. and they're giving that to their flock. And right. I think that's really dangerous. So before we get into some technicalities, because I can explain what AI really is yeah. in a simple way. Because um, I have a background. Yeah, he knows about technology. He had a, I have a he, background in this yeah, kind of stuff. A technology and, you know, degree. And, and early on, you know, my dad, 
my dad uh, did worked in the basically the spy world, the intel world, yeah. and he was masterful at doing some of the things he did because he worked in computers, computers, and with technology so early on mm-hmm. that he understood it at its most fundamental level, and so he could manipulate it at its fundamental level. Um, and so I'm not back where he was. I do have the benefit of having learned some from him, but understanding these things so uh, at, a, at a you know from the 80s kind of a level 1980s yeah. and it really is helpful mm-hmm. to, uh, to understand how a computer quote-unquote thinks because they don't think it's not actually thinking. right how it works and that's i think that's the part where many people myself included get creeped out is when people start treating the ai as if it actually can think and is sentient because that's something that i want to say uh, just to anybody out there who who like me is creeped out by this is that if you have a biblical worldview and you understand what the scripture says about uh, humankind being created in the image of God mm. and about you know spirit soul and body and, and all that kind of stuff then you will understand that technology can never be sentient or self-aware in the way that a human can it's never going to have a soul. It's never right. going to have emotions. It's, you know, that's right. Like somebody yeah. asked me one time, uh, when, uh, when Zuckerberg was first really coming out with his, 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 you know, what's the word I'm the thinking? Virtual of? reality. Virtual reality. Yeah. The meta. And he, and he said, do you think, that was the a Holy, big fail. do you think the Holy spirit will be present in, in, in virtual reality? And I, my re- well, I thought about it for a while because that was, is a weird question, but it's a thoughtful question. <clears throat> what I came up with was basically that wherever people are, the Holy Spirit will be. And of course, God is omnipresent, so, so he's technically everywhere. God is there. <laughs> but I think that in the sense that they were asking about the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is not going to be operating in the machine the way he operates in a human being. Right, right? exactly. So that goes to your AI question or AI thoughts as well. Holy Spirit is not going to be operating in a computer or in artificial intelligence systems the way he operates in a human being. And the image of God is mm-hmm. not going to be present, like yep. you said, the icon day, uh, which is the, that's the, uh, the Greek for image of God, mm-hmm. is not going to be present in a computer system or in artificial intelligence the way it is in a human being. It's just not. Now you might see, now check this out, you can see the prevenient grace of God and then he allows us to create that. You can see the image of God in those who are creating AI. Right. Yeah, I was right? just thinking because that. Because that, that creative mark is the mark of the master, right? But Right. That is one of the things that separates human beings from animals, right? right? Humans being created in the image of God is that creative ability. So I don't know that AI is going to come up with new information. Right, it's like synthesizing it, it might stuff seem new. from the internet. It might seem new. Like you might say, how do you, how you know, take this information about this particle and about this these you know um, quantum physics theories and extrapolate how these two things, which seem oh well, here's a good example, extrapolate how microgravity and macrogravity can both exist simultaneously with one consistent rule. Right. Mm-hmm. If you put enough information into AI, it may be able to come up with a rule that works, but it's not going to come up with that rule by thinking of it new. It's going to come up with that rule 
by saying, okay, 2 plus 2 is 6? No. 2 plus 2 is 5? No. 2 plus 2 is 9? No. 2 plus 2 is 4.3719? No. 2 plus 2 is 4? That works. It's going to come up with that way. Because, and maybe you can explain this, you know, I'm, I'm not a technology person, um, but isn't it true that computers, the way they work and are programmed is based off of kind of teaching them formulas in the sense of a computer knows like, oh, one, if, I don't know, I, maybe I'm ultimately, asking the question wrong, but it's all like ones and zeros basically. Ultimately, or, you have ons and offs. Yeah. Ones and zeros. And it's just basically, uh, and that's going to change with quantum computing, but uh, but it's still the same kind of a general concept, which is an on or an off. And you're just combining those to form numbers, to form letters, combining those to form bigger uh, things. And it's just basically calculations. And it's using something called Boolean algebra. Um, which is like, you know, and, or, exclusive and, exclusive or, nor, uh, the kind of the math, the formulaic concepts of that. And then it's, it's just some real Star Trek talk here. And it's just, and it's, and it's, uh, um, so, so, but it's, it's base. It's just ones and zeros. And it's something that a person created and a person has to turn on and, and a, a person, person has to facilitate and a person could do everything that a computer does. It's just it would take us. It would take forever. <laughs> crazy amount of time. It would be like infinity amount of time. So, if, so if we're looking at then, you know, we mentioned this issue of, you know, pastors using uh, ChatGPT right. to write sermons. One of the other issues that I'm I'm seeing is there have been several things that have been coming out recently about people saying, "Oh, ChatGPT, write what Jesus would say about X, Y, Z." Or rewrite this portion of the Bible with this perspective. Like PETA, uh, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, um, they had ChatGPT rewrite the book of Genesis from a uh, vegan animal rights perspective. And so, you know, instead of uh, the, the animal furs being given to Adam and Eve by God, it was like, made of plant fibers and instead of yes i just read about this and instead of abraham being told to sacrifice a ram he was instead he befriended a gentle lamb and it was a whole it was a whole thing um okay so so stuff like this like people are messing with the bible with chat a couple of things that really need to be said right now number one you better have multiple hard copy bibles at home yeah, I was literally thinking the same because, thing. As many as you can, really. Because, okay, I know quite a bit more than the average person about computers. And what I know about computers on a scale of 1 to 100 is probably a 3. Okay, Most people are probably at like a, like a, one, a 0 or, to or a 1. Or <laughs> I mean, you... So let me give you an example. If you... Uh, let's say you have a, a digital Bible on your phone. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like a like an app or something? Right. And let's say that whoever owns that or whoever's providing that decides I – and the, these are non-Christians. So to them, they're just changing a book. They're not doing anything wrong. They're, they're like, I want to create a Bible that leads more towards people having um, more acceptance of other religions. And so I've had AI go through and modify it. I've read it. It looks good. It makes some nice subtle changes. They're really small. 
but they're just enough. Okay. Sounds so like now I'm making the new world translation. Pretty much, right? <laughs> yeah. So now what I do is now I take my now I go in and I change the source code or the the original code on that Bible, and it changes it on your iPhone, on your Samsung Galaxy, mm-hmm. on your computer. Yep. All your digital Bibles at once that come from me. Right. Let's let's say it's you version, like you know the people from you version have lost their way and they're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, let's say we do. I do that. Well, lo and behold, my Bible says something a little bit different. How many people does that confuse? I how mean, they many can people do- wouldn't even. How many people wouldn't even realize? I mean, I believe you were the one who told me about this. I think that there was a pastor that did kind of an experiment where, um, for a whole sermon the verses that he was putting up on the board were actually not from the Bible. They were from the Book of Mormon. Well, I've done that as a professor. Mm, to cut, to, I did an yeah. Old Testament survey uh, lecture, and everything I said was from the Book of Mormon. And I had one student, and the only reason the student called me out on it, number one, the guy was brilliant. But number two, uh, he was a person who was regular. This is back when they had chat rooms. He was regularly on the chat rooms doing apologetics online. It was oh, his hobby. So he was really familiar with And he was specializing Mormon in Mormon theology. apologetics. Right. And so he looked at me and smiled about halfway through and nodded. He, he like knew he what knew. you were doing. And I gave him a little <laughs> wink and I kept going. But and people didn't notice. I did a whole one hour lecture and I and I literally was putting in LDS doctrine all and, and their uh, history. Uh, from the Book of Mormon all throughout it, and they didn't notice. And that is what is concerning to me about what you're saying is that, you know, if people are so... Unf- I did tell them after. Yeah, of course. Okay. That, that was the whole point. <laughs> and it was, the second hour was me re-preaching it the right way. Okay. Yes, okay. exactly. Okay. Um, but to just say that if people are so unfamiliar with Scripture and they don't know the Word of God, it's not written on their hearts, then... Will they even notice or be aware when things in scripture are changed? Because you brought up a really excellent point and something that, to be honest, I hadn't even really quite thought of until this moment. I always think of people changing the Bible um, from a more like insidious, sinister perspective of this person is changing it specifically because they hate God, you know, or they're from a false religion or whatever. But you brought up the point of if you're not a Christian, to many people, the Bible is nothing more than a book. And so I'm thinking about all of the books from a long time ago. I mean, even, you know, Little House in the Prairie, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Where people have gone back and been like, oh, we need to change some of this stuff that's offensive to Native Americans. Right. Or we need to change these words from <clears throat> Huckleberry Finn or whatever. Right. And so if you're just coming at it from the perspective of it's a book with cultural significance, but it needs to be changed in order to be uh, more appropriate for today. And remember the Bible is arguably the foundation of Western culture. Oh yes. So it's not just a book of historic significance. It is Mm -hmm. the, it is the most important book. Yeah. Even from an, from a non-Christian perspective, the the Bible is the most, uh, influential book in human history right yeah it really is so um uh, and so one could be uh, highly motivated Mm. 
And we've seen the things that people have done in the last few years. Um, well, like even like right now in our hometown, you know, you have uh, people on the city council that want to try to force everybody to ride a bus. Weird. And it's I like, don't want to ride a bus because I just found out that our bus system in our town, you know, they were infected with lice on the bus. So, yeah, that's a problem. You know, but that's I, but the, but the point is, is that there's people that think that they know better mm. and they want to try to impose their will upon you. And this is where AI gets really dangerous. Yeah. Because you because the the power of AI is in its ability to um, look at all of the facts about somebody or something. And so let's take I take I take industrial psychology and I take um, you know different um, behavioral sciences and I combine those knowledge that knowledge together and then I create a, a way to look at a person in a whole as a whole and their activities and then to make a prediction model of what that person's going to be like and how that person's going to be manipulated. Uh, and then I can then I can set up a formula to very slightly and very gently just begin to nudge people. Mm. We already saw that in the uh, during the COVID uh, time and and then the election time, we saw that on the on computers pre AI. Yeah, just through social media. Now it's going to be next level. So what we have to do, I think, to deal with AI, we could talk more about what it is, but I think number one is that we've got to be grounded in the Word of God. You've got to be have reading to be. your physical Bible. Mm-hmm. And like you said, keeping copies of it. Keeping as many, Honestly, as many mm-hmm. as you can, really. Right, because you might want to share at some point. Yeah, you, know, you should want to We've got share. cases in the garage, and I, they're out there. For, you know, for, They're not the most expensive Bibles, but they're out there for the time when maybe there aren't Bibles, and I need to give them out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, heaven forbid we have to become Bible smugglers in our own country. Um and so you've got to be reading that. You've got to be. Re- we have to be reading our. I should say we, reading our Bible. We have to be committing it to memory. Yes, this is where I struggle. I'm weak in this area, but we've got to be cre- committing it to memory, and we have to make sure that the Scripture is the foundation of our identity. Mm. And I think uh, the third thing I would say is we have to have. We have to be humble. Because we have to recognize that we can be manipulated and that we can't, you know, you know, when, when Satan pulls people into sin, he doesn't do it in one step. It's a seduction. It's, it's a thousand tiny steps. It's challenging little challenges. Did God really say that? Can you really trust God? Are you sure that's right? Maybe you should trust yourself. Maybe you should figure it out for yourself. Maybe you should trust somebody else. And it's all those little thousand choices. You don't just leap out of the faith or leap into some crazy ideal right away. So that's where I think the danger of AI is, is that it it can assist the maniacal machinations of bad people. So what you're saying is the only way for AI, I guess guess what you're saying then is that AI is dangerous because people are dangerous. Yes. And so it really, I mean, it goes back to Ecclesiastes, right? There's nothing new under the sun. It's just another vehicle for humans to do the same thing that they've been doing because when people are fallen and given over to their sin and are not in Christ, they're capable of doing horrible, debaucherous things. Well, you think about the things that we've done to each other over history. Right. 
pretty bad. Yeah. And a lot of it we don't even get presented with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, until you start reading some some deep history and you're like, they did what? They How? Like, I never knew this. <laughs> that, I mean, the, the creativity displayed and the ability to torture your fellow human is shocking. Yes. Right? There, there have been some Michelangelos and some Da Vinci's of torture, of evil. And that's crazy right? to think about, but it it's is. true. And... Uh, um, so that's the same thing with chat, with chat, with AI. Uh, it's probably going to help us come up with cures for cancer, and it's probably going to help us come up with, you know, better airplanes and and better air conditioners. So we're using ours today, so I'm thinking of that. Um, you know, uh, a better. It's going to help us do some things better because it's going to help us run through different possibilities. The more information you can put into it, the more it can it can work out. It's, it may help us to describe to describe discover new energy sources or or make nuclear fusion finally work I and mean, we're maintaining it now for seconds at a time but we need to be able to maintain stable nuclear fusion and then we can power everything safely so i mean there's some positives but the big thing is i think people tend to ascribe human characteristics to inanimate objects Mike, mm. you know cars boats or she's you know um uh, you know, your car might be a, might have a personality. We and, and we're and we're really going to be tending to d- ascribe intention to ChatGPT. For emotions, instance, for instance, well, yeah, and for instance, scholars will, and motivations, right? Scholars have are, are, are been discussing this for a while now, and especially those of us in academia, because we've got to deal with students that are used are cheating. Right, plagiarism via Chat GPT. That's the new thing. You th- you've you've already experienced. This. I have, and you'd think that Bible college students would be exempt, but they cheat just like the non-Christian students too. Um, sadly, yeah, I was going to say <clears throat> a shame. By the time they get out of school, we've got them not cheating anymore. But they come in, they're pretty much like the world. Mm. Um, but I think um, you you should be aware. Like I'll hear professors will say, well. You know, I asked it to give me this information and to cite sources from scholarly sources, and it lied. A, um, a lie? It can't, it, it, it can't lie. No. Because it can't have the motivation or the intention to choose to willfully deceive. It, it revealed a flaw in its programming in that it made up a source. Hmm. Or attributed something to somebody that they didn't say. Right. You know, which makes sense because if it's going based off of what's on the internet, there are so many misattributed quotes on the internet, mm-hmm. and so it, you know some things have gone around and been circulated and recirculated so many times that ChatGPT doing its calculations is like, well, this percentage of times this has been a quoted had been quoted to this person, so this is accurate. Well, it's like. You know, I could say, well, wherever you go, there you are. Nobody would ever, I, I didn't originate that. I think that was John Candy was the first one to say that. But, but And now it, it's just a common But now it's a phrase. common saying. But if Craig Rochelle says it in a sermon next week, guess what? It's going to be, wherever you go, there you are, hyphen Craig Rochelle. It's going to be all, <laughs> all over the internet. It's be on T-shirts. Instagram and, posts and exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's just, that's just kind of how it is. But, so, but people ascribe lying to this artificial intelligence. It's not lying. You know, in fact, this is really interesting. So when they first started, when they first started experimenting with this Chat GPT three, that's the one that everybody has access to three three point five, four point oh. You've got to you've got to pay money for it. It's better, but okay, three point five still seems like like magic almost. Okay, yeah. 
Um, so what's happening is ChatGPT is learning, technically learning. It's 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 expanding its repertoire. Let's say of information okay. with the interactions it's having with people. So let's say I take a document that I wrote and I put that document in ChatGPT and I ask it, please rewrite this in a scholarly style with good tra- with good um, uh, transitions between paragraphs and topics. Okay? Okay. So I've given it some detailed information. It rewrites it for me I re- and I like it. Well, it stores all my information in ChatGPT and now that becomes part of its reference system. Wow. Uh huh. So, what's happened is ChatGPT is actually performing worse on some of its tests, tests of its research abilities and its and its pseudo cognitive abilities than it was before because dummies are putting in so <laughs> terrible the information. Human input is making the artificial yes. intelligence less intelligent. Yes, which just goes to show you a prime example of the fact that it's not thinking for itself. No, it's just going based off of the information right. that it has. And you so, know, if you're going to use ChatGPT, just for here's what I suggest: use it as a idea machine. Okay. Okay, so like I write a lot of different things, and I get writer's block. So um, last semester, I was basically taking a class that the that the Bible College had been teaching at the graduate level for eight or nine years, and rewriting it from scratch. And I had an idea of what I wanted to do and how I wanted it to be done because it, the previous version was not addressing the needs of the students and it wasn't accomplishing the goals the class had. Mm-hmm. So I had I had to rewrite the course description because everything is in the course description, right? So I went and I searched syllabi of similar classes all over the internet. And then I took all, because I was stuck. I could not come up with it. And then I took all of those and I put them all into one document, put it on chat GPT. And I said, can you combine, I said, combine all of these into one statement. And it combined them all into one, like 2000 word statement. Now summarize this in, I think it was 200 words. How to do that. It was terrible. But I kept giving it refining instructions, refining instructions, refining instructions. And finally, I was like, well, that has all the pieces of information I want. Then I took that and then I rewrote it in my own wording. But I used it to help me basically do the research. It still took me like two hours to do it. So I but I had and I had to work with it. So I was using it as a research assistant. Interesting. Use it like that. But if it's if you're having it learn to give good instructions you have to be very specific on what you want it to do. Like we would tell a human being, uh, go upstairs and boil some water. You've got to tell chat GPT, stand up, turn around, walk to the stairs, walk up the stairs into the kitchen. On the kitchen is a kettle. Take the kettle, place it in the sink, turn the cold water on, open the kettle valve and fill the kettle with water. And you've got to, you've got to yeah. give it instructions really like that. Really specific step-by-step instructions. And then you're going to get a pot of boiled water. But if you don't, if you just say go up and boil water, you might hear your microwave explode. Or it might never get where it's supposed to go. Well, and I think the key is it can be used as a vehicle, you know, for positive or negative intentions. Just like social media, just like the internet in general, just like, you know, books, right? A book can be... It can be truthful, it can be not truthful, it can right. be written for a good reason or a bad reason. But I think the the key here, if we're talking about from a Christian perspective, from a harder way perspective, 
you know, um, a couple things. One, the ethical issue of if you're using chat GPT for something, be honest about it. Don't right. claim that you've come up with something that you haven't come up with. Right. Right. Because that's a sin issue. Cite it as a um, source if you're doing. Yeah, cite it as a source. Doing schoolwork. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. Um, but then most importantly, don't look to chat GPT or any other form of artificial intelligence to interpret the Bible for you, to, to tell you things about the Bible, to change the Bible, because the thing is the Bible is a book, right? Mm. It's, it was, it was written down. It, it is, it is a physical book. It's words. It's, you know, it's a book. But it's so much more than that. Right. It's so different from any other book because it it is divinely inspired. It is the word of God. And so when you're when you're engaging with the Bible, you're not going to engage with it just like any other book. Like if you wanted to tell Chat GPT, you know, what are the uh, the character traits uh, that are shown by Sidney Carton in uh, Charles Dickens' ta- A Tale of Two Cities, mm-hmm. right? Why not? See what it says. You know, I'm sure it would probably be spot on. We'll probably pull up a bunch of dissertations and research yeah. papers and probably give you some good information. Exactly. But that's because A Tale of Two Cities is just a book. Well, you say, is God real? What is God like? Mm-hmm. Or the one that we were t- you brought up that kind of started this whole conversation before we got online was what are uh, was it about the transgenders? Oh, it was basically somebody had asked Chat GPT to write what Jesus would say to a transgender person. Right, and it was really guided by a lot of non-Christian or pseudo-Christian ideology, really more New Age mm-hmm. than Christian, yeah. and. Was not biblically accurate at all because we all know that when Jesus dealt with somebody who was outside of His will, which basically all of us are outside of God's will because we all sin, mm-hmm. um, that His response to them was, "I didn't. I'm not here to judge you now." When He was on the earth, I'm not here to judge you now. But what I am telling you is this: go and go sin, and no, sin more. no more. Repent, right? change Repent. your ways, and you right. Know. And there, so because the, there will be a judgment eventually. So that's what he would tell somebody. He would say, yeah, I realize that you might feel like you're born in the wrong body. This is the body you got, mm-hmm. right? And we all have we all have uh, sin we struggle with or issues we struggle with. and Emotional uh, problems. Emotional and problems. Like and we don't get to redefine it. And Jesus would, you know, we know that, you know, Jesus boldly spoke the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Right. Right. But if we were to ask chat GPT, what would Jesus say about other religions? Because of what's available on the internet right now, I would assume that chat GPT would probably say something like, you know, Jesus was a very loving and tolerant person and encouraged love and compassion and not focusing on the fact that, Jesus said very clearly, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And we know that. Jesus is the only way to God. We are only saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ. So that that's what that is. And so when you're talking about um, this idea of artificial intelligence in the Bible, understand that the Bible has to be our foundation and that interpreting the Bible 
is something that as humans, um, we may come at it as just a book at first. But if you're saved and you're indwelled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to be guiding you in your reading and assisting you in interpreting scripture. An artificial intelligence can never be guided by the Holy Spirit. And it can never take the place of the Holy Spirit. And it can never take the place of the Holy Spirit in Look, interpretation. Listen, I think I think what I want to do, <clears throat> just for fun, I told you I asked ChatGPT about uh, Jesus' perspective on uh, modern-day persecution of Christians and that the response was really good. Uh-huh. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to practice what I preached. I'm going to use that. It's 400 words. I'm going to use that as the backbone of our courier update for October, and I'm oh, going to and I'm, and I'm going to write and I'm going to write the write it in my own voice, but I'm going to use this as the backbone because it's really good. And uh, um, so, if you want to read that, <laughs> nationsforjc at gmail dot com. Send us your your email, and we will get you signed up for the courier update. Uh, do it right away when you hear this, and we'll get you. Uh, make sure you have the October courier update coming your way because I'm writing it in the next few days. This should be interesting, you guys. You won't you won't want to miss that. All right. Well, listen. God bless you guys, and don't be freaked out about AI. Jesus is in control, and it's just a computer program. It's basically like high speed high speed Google. Mm-hmm. All and right. If you take anything anything at all from this week's episode, it's that keep scripture as the foundation. Yep. Keep physical Bibles. Yep. Make sure that the Word of God is written in your heart, and everything's going to work out. And eat your vegetables. I mean, that's always good advice. That's true. All right. right. Much love. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Harder Way podcast. If you were encouraged by this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review. To be the first to know when we publish new episodes, subscribe to the Harder Way podcast on your favorite platform. Until next time, remember the words of Christ. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.